0: Save your seat now at com. That's com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You're listening to the Gold Digger podcast, episode number 270. Some days you feel totally in your groove, creating absolute magic and checking things off your big three to-do lists without hesitation. Other days, you move slower and can't seem to get out of your own way, no matter what tasks are piling up on your plate. Some days, you feel confident, trusting your intuition. Others, you can't even pick a breakfast cereal without consulting the internet, and your inner mean girl appears to make you feel totally awful about it, too. What if you could predict those days? What if you could pinpoint when you'd be in the best mental state to work creatively, or when you'll totally be in the zone, sharp and focused? Would you even believe me if I told you that you actually can? Today's guest, Claire Baker, is a life coach. More specifically, she's a period coach. Yes, that's a thing. Claire teaches women how to live in sync with their menstrual cycle. You might remember hearing from a past guest, Kate Northrup, all about understanding the seasons of our cycle and how it can help us to be more productive. After the episode with Kate, my DMs filled up with tags and screenshots. It was a mind-blowing revelation, and you made it clear that you wanted to learn more and understand your cycle even deeper so that you could be more productive, better rested, and even a little kinder to yourself on your off days. That's why we've invited Claire Baker on the show. She'll walk us through a broader understanding of the seasons of our cycle, and then we'll do a deep dive into working with these seasons and understanding how they can impact us every single day. You guys, this is one of my favorite interviews of all time. This is the longest show we've ever aired because every single minute is jam-packed with information and inspiration. I am so excited to introduce all the way from Bali, Claire Baker. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast. I cannot tell you how excited I am to get to talk to you today. So thank you for being here. Uh, Jenna, it is my
1: pleasure. I'm thrilled.
0: Okay. So we had an episode with Kate Northrup and we talked a little bit about menstrual cycles and my audience went bananas. I mean, we are women and how have we not learned about this? And so it was amazing. Somebody tagged you in that post and connected me to you. And I was like, all right, let's get her on the show. So we are in for a treat, especially our female listeners and dudes. Listen up because this can help you love the women in your life a little bit better. Mhm, mhm. Yes. Oh, <laughs> right. So, you are a period coach. What is a period coach? How did you become one? Walk us through that story.
1: Yeah, so a period coach. I work at the basic level. I work with women at the intersection between health and life coaching and menstrual cycle awareness. And my work is all about helping women or people with periods live in more flow with the natural rhythm of their body and you know cycle sync their lives up with their their schedule with you know the way that they relate with other people creativity sexual energy you know just how we are in the world by being more aware of where we are in the menstrual cycle because i really believe that it is like a missing key in women's well-being and and creative output. And so what I do is I help women, whether that's through coaching one-on-one or through the courses that I teach online or anything I share online or write or teaching workshops is all about teaching menstrual cycle awareness so that it becomes this tool that we can add to our toolkit of self-care strategies, of productivity strategies. And that way we can reach our goals. We can show up in the world as our best selves and really use our period, use our menstrual cycle to be the fullest, best version of who we are. So that's that's what I teach. And I came to this work In my mid-twenties, I guess, is where it began. I'd been on the contraceptive pill for a decade and – I guess like a lot of young women, I started taking it in my teens because for me, it was acne that got me started taking the pill, right? I had really bad hormonal acne. So I started taking the pill. And then of course, as I got older and started having sex, it just made sense to stay on it. And for me, it was super convenient. I loved being on the pill. I loved that I could orchestrate my Cycle. I could skip my period for months if I wanted to, and I was really happy on it. Until about 25, I would call this time in my life my quarter life crisis, <laughs> <laughs> where I just started questioning everything. I really was in a job that I liked, but I didn't really love. I was a bit over the party scene, you know, drinking every weekend and dating guys who I, you know, weren't really that aligned with. And I just felt like there was this creative energy in me that I wasn't using and I didn't know where my life was headed, all of that. And I think a lot of people experience that around that 25 years (laughs) mark. And so for me, I just made – some better choices. And so I started practicing yoga. I learned how to meditate. I started journaling again, which was something I really loved to do when I was younger. And one of those choices that I made was decided to come off the contraceptive pill. I'd been learning a lot about nutrition and more holistic living. And it did start to feel a bit out of alignment to be taking hormones every day. So I thought, fine, I'll come off it and see what happens. And And for me, nothing happened in the sense that the year after I stopped taking hormonal contraceptive, my period didn't return at all. So I had this 12 months of waiting for my body to bleed again. And I realized as I was waiting that I knew nothing about My menstrual cycle. I didn't even really know what I was waiting for to happen. I didn't know that I had been suppressing ovulation for 10 years. I didn't know that I was waiting for that to to come back before I could get a period. And so I, you know, a little bit freaked out by that. I really dove into understanding my hormones and my endocrine system and learning about ovulation and what the signs of that were and how I could best support my body to to find its natural rhythm again. And I am really grateful now in hindsight that that happened to me. It also came along with a PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome diagnosis, and ultimately really intense period pain and premenstrual symptoms when my cycle did return. So it certainly wasn't a smooth start, but it never is often, is it? And I'm grateful for that because it meant that I was ready when my period did come back. I was really ready to start to chart and to begin to track and to get to know these different phases of my cycle that I'd been reading about and learning about and, and just ready to apply this information. And at the same time as all of this was happening, I was also studying, training to become a health coach and beginning to see clients and working with women. And my experience once my cycle returned was that this was a very different experience to being on the pill. For me, it was very obvious right away that a natural menstrual cycle was a very different experience to a pill cycle. And I realized that there were phases when I felt more confident, where I felt more resilient, where I felt more focused. And there were definitely phases where I felt more doubtful and self-critical and more vulnerable. And so, it became really clear to me that the way I approached my own self-care and my creative projects was going to need to, to change. And so naturally as I began working with clients – It became a natural part of the conversation because I was curious to know, did other people experience this as well? And so it made sense to me that before each session, for example, I would ask my clients, where are you in your menstrual cycle? Like, what day are you on? And we'd start to chart and track. So as we were talking about self-care and nutrition and movement and creative projects and everything else that comes with health and life coaching, you know, looking forward, making plans, working towards goals, that we would also use the menstrual cycle framework in that approach because at that time, I mean, this was 2013, I didn't really – see anybody else doing this. All I could see when I looked at women's magazines were these weekly diet plans and very linear approach to health and well being, And it made no sense to me. I knew that some weeks I could go to the gym and I could like smash out a five kilometer PB, or I would lift heavier weights and feel really strong in my body. And then the next week, that energy wouldn't quite be there. And I'd be more inclined to want to just go to yoga or go for a nice walk in a park and I had to learn or teach myself that that was okay and that what I had been, this consistency, I guess, that I'd been striving for for all of these years, actually I needed to let go of that because my body was on a cycle. It wasn't the same week to week. And being able to explore that with my clients so early on in my work as a health and life coach was such a gift. and And that's really how it began. It started as something that was i guess this yeah this like added side thing to my work but it probably wasn't until it was always a part of my work with clients but it probably wasn't until a few years in that i of working with women that i really stepped into that term period coach and and really dedicated the body my body of work to this area I had some resistance around that actually to, to really like be like the woman who talks about periods all the time <laughs> and once I did that then things really grew and expanded and and it's only continued from there I'm so passionate about spreading this message that we move on a cycle we're not linear beings and actually learning how to work with that and flow with that can be transformative and create such deeper reserves of well-being it's a more sustainable way to live and it for me and for many of my clients it creates this feeling of self-authority like you are in charge of your life because you know who you are on every single day of your cycle and you make the best decisions for you in accordance to that and you know you best and
0: yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. And and that's how I got to where I am today. Ugh, I love it. This is so fascinating to me. And it's crazy to me as women that we're not really aware of these different phases of our cycle. Like I had never even thought about it. Like when we went through our fertility struggle three years ago was when I started tracking my cycle and paying attention but can you walk us through what the phases are that we go through each month, kind of what that cycle looks like and just the differences? Because I I really resonated when you were talking about the difference between wanting to work out hard and then, you know, go more inward. Walk us through what those look like for us.
1: Absolutely. So I think one of the common misconceptions about the menstrual cycle is that our cycle is when we're bleeding, when we have our period, when we're menstruating, right? And then the rest of the time is just kind of the same. And that's certainly what I thought, because when you're on hormonal contraception, that's the experience. So for me, it was shocking that my body changed as much as it did. So there's four different phases in the menstrual cycle. And the way that I teach these phases is by lining them up with the seasons of the year, because that makes a lot of sense to people, right? We understand that in 12 months, we're going to move through four different seasons and those seasons of the year are going to be different. And that's something that man or woman, menstrual cycle or not, we understand. And our cycle, the menstrual cycle, lines up in the same way, which is brilliant. So, We'll start with winter, and this is menstruation. This is when we're, we're bleeding and we have our period. And just like the season of the year, winter, this is often a time that we really most like to just be at home, curled up inside, maybe with a hot chocolate, just taking it easy, being possibly more reflective. A lot of women here feel more intuitive. There's a real sense of being with yourself here at menstruation and i like to think of this phase in the cycle as being like a big reset times like you're pressing this big red reset button similar to winter right I mean we know that feeling of the end of the year as the year comes to an end and we're in winter and then we begin a new year and there is this feeling of of resetting and uh, looking back on the past cycle this is something I love to do here is looking back on the past cycle setting myself up for the new cycle so hormones are at their absolute lowest here at menstruation and it's natural to to feel the effect of that to feel a little slower to not have you know peak energy here that's really normal your body is going through a quite an intense physiological process of releasing the uterine lining from the past cycle combined with the fact that hormones are low they will begin to climb a few days in but they're at their lowest and so it's really normal and for some women, this is a gorgeous time of just being able to be with themselves, load up on self-care, like I said, pressing that reset button, setting intentions for the new cycle that is coming, looking ahead. This is a great time to do some planning. I really love to do my best planning here and really receiving some clarity. For others, it can be really tough because they might experience quite intense period pain. There might be conflicting emotions here. If for those who are struggling with infertility or on that journey, or there's been past miscarriage, there can be resurfacing trauma around that. It can be a time of real grief and it can be really difficult. So we're all very different in the way we experience menstruation and there can be a lot of grief that comes up here. And so, yeah, it's important to pay attention to how this time is for you because it is really powerful and it often is a time of feedback. So how you're feeling at menstruation is important to pay you know, attention to that. So that's our winter. Once we've released that past cycle, and as I said, hormones begin to climb, estrogen's increasing here, and estrogen is one of the female sex hormones that can help us to feel really great. Basically, estrogen, it can help us to feel more focused, it can help us to feel more confident. And it begins to climb maybe around day three of your cycle. So let's just say day one is that first day of full blood flow, the first day of your period, sort of around day three, you might start to feel like, oh, okay, Okay, I'm back. You know, those (laughs) first couple of days can sort of wipe us out, right? But then it's like, okay, cool. I can feel my energy increasing. This is good. And around days five or six, you'll begin to then move into your spring phase. So, the spring, again, like the season of the year, we all know that feeling when the days are getting a bit longer, the blossoms are out on the trees, it feels excellent. For most of us, this is a phase of the cycle, it's really easy to love actually. We step out of that period cave, we're back, like we're back out into the world. There's a sense of building momentum here. And so I really love to sync up projects here by taking action on things that I might've received clarity on in my inner winter. So in my winter phase where I'm resting, chilling out a little bit, taking it easy, Then I move into my spring and I'm back in the game. Now it's time to start to move things forward again and to take action. And for a lot of women that I work with, this is when they can be really productive and get a lot done and and be quite focused. So we have this increase of estrogen here and estrogen is building up to ovulation. And ovulation is what occurs in the summer phase of our cycle. So if we think of a circle, you've sort of got menstruation at one side of the cycle and then you've got ovulation sitting on the other side. So they're like the two poles of the cycle, these two points of release. Menstruation, we're releasing blood. And at ovulation, we're releasing an egg. So spring is this transition season. It's taking us between that winter and that summer. So we're building up to something here. It's like the inhale of the cycle. And as we build up to summer, again, for some women, this feels brilliant. This feels excellent. They love that feeling of being back out in the world, being productive, getting things done, ticking things off, like to-do list is no problem here. And for others, it can feel quite vulnerable, particularly if particularly if there's any conflict about where to direct or channel this energy. This is something I see quite a lot. If somebody isn't sure about what their purpose is or who they are in the world or what they want to create, there can be this conflict here in the spring because there's all this energy building, but where does it go? And so it can become... Uh, can feel quite erratic, quite overwhelming. A little bit of anxiousness can surface here if there isn't, I guess, some boundaries and discernment around where this energy is going to go. So, again, paying attention is going to really help you to understand if this is where you feel at home in your spring phase or possibly this is a more vulnerable
0: phase for you. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash digger, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.
1: Then we get to summer and summer is, as I said, when we're ovulating, this is the fertile phase in the menstrual cycle and that can apply if you're looking to conceive or not, of course. But also, it's fertile in the sense that we can direct this energy here, this creative energy into projects, into our relationships, into ourselves. It really is the peak of the menstrual cycle hormonally. But also, the peak, I think, for a lot of women in the sense that they really feel like they are superwoman here. And they (laughs) have like taken that cape and put it on. And if there is a phase that you can actually Be everything to everyone and get everything done, then this is probably going to be it because that peak in hormones feels awesome. And yeah, it's a great time. It's a great time for a lot of people. I personally love my summer. I feel really at home here. I love the increase in libido that I feel here. I love the extroversion that I feel here. So I'm naturally quite introverted, but this is a phase. This is the the phase where I am. I can really work those, that extroversion and it feels great. It feels really great. So this is the summer phase. It's definitely about being seen. It's about saying yes. It's about... Yeah, really being out in the well. It's not a time to plan. So this is
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is something I see all the time with my clients. I've done it before. I've <laughs> been there. You say yes to everything. That's the energy of, of the summer, right? It's And again, like the season of the year. We just want to be out in the world. We want to be with people. I'm all so sure it feels good. But this is definitely not the time to plan because I w- guarantee you, you will overcommit. You will overschedule and (laughs) give it a week or so and you're going to be wishing you hadn't have said yes to that extra dinner date or that breakfast meeting (laughs) and we just like, oh God. So no, no, no planning happens here. But what does happen here is like really celebrating yourself and enjoying this peak in hormones, enjoying, you know, what you've brought to life, what you've created in this first half of the cycle because things are about to change and we are about to shift into the into the second half of the cycle which is the autumn and this is the progesterone dominant half of the menstrual cycle so where estrogen has us you know feeling like we are superwoman progesterone is there to nurture a potential pregnancy so this progesterone rises after ovulation, just in case we've conceived, to nurture this potential pregnancy. And this hormone is like the stay-at-home with a blanket hormone. It makes us <laughs> feel really cozy. It's very nurturing, and it's it can increase feelings of sensitivity. It can definitely make us feel more reserved, like we would just want to kind of come back in towards ourselves again. And if you think about autumn, the season of the year, that makes sense too. If we look at it that way, we can see now, you know, post-summer, the leaves falling from the trees and we're, we're coming back inside again. We're cooking up slow cooked meals. We're having you know, hot, warm drinks by the fire. We've got blankets. We're all rugged up. Like that really is that energy of that autumn. And so for a lot of people, you know, you'll feel that shift quite significantly after ovulation, there is this drop in physical energy. Often there is this feeling of actually just wanting to be more alone, of needing to set boundaries and and for some people this can be really hard if we're somebody who's very at home in that superwoman energy and we are let's say we're a mother let's say we've got a great deal of responsibility managing a team at work let's say we're in partnership with somebody else we've got responsibilities and we want to be able to show up for the people in our lives and for our yeah, for those that we love. And and that can feel very conflicting when actually there is now a need to actually come back in and take care of ourselves. So we've had that time of being there for others, and now it's, it's very much about coming back in towards ourselves and, and reflecting. So this autumn phase is very much about being reflective. It's about editing. It's about looking back on the cycle that we've just been through and taking stock of what – worked and what didn't work, what did we bring to life, what felt great, you know, what didn't feel so great and just taking a moment to be reflective. This can manifest as serious self-criticism though and so we have to be really mindful of that line because I see so often this self-doubt that can arise here that can be really debilitating if we don't have this menstrual cycle awareness and this consciousness of what's going on. So it's okay to be reflective and to look back, but being really mindful that we don't step into being overly self-critical here because this is when many of my clients tell me they would love to just throw it all in, you know, throw in the job, throw in the marriage, like <laughs> run away to the forest and just never come back because it's all too much and it's all too hard. And and I get it. I really do get it. We experience such a change in our hormonal landscape here. And For many women, we haven't been conditioned to take care of ourselves and to listen to our own needs and our own wants and our emotions. And this is what this phase is all about. So it's really important to to be really mindful here of how that autumn, that premenstrual week manifests because, yeah, premenstrual symptoms are, are real. And very often what I have found is that if we take lots of space, And we can really listen to what those feelings or those mood changes or those physical symptoms are telling us. There's actually a lot of insight there. And this season is really preparing us to step back down into menstruation. So, it's brilliant that we don't go from 10 to zero. We don't go from ovulation straight to menstruation because that would be horrific to go from, you know, the peak of the cycle back, to, you know, then to suddenly start bleeding again. You know We have this week to prepare and it's the shifting of gears, you know, we're shifting those gears down, we're slowing down, mm-hmm. we're taking stock and, and we're finding ourselves again as that progesterone declines. Once progesterone production halts, then we'll begin to menstruate again. And that takes us back into our winter and the
0: cycle begins again. Oh my gosh, my mind is blown. I have so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) This is so good. Okay, I'm dying to know. Okay, first... Are each of the seasons, are they about a week long? Like I know some of the timing is kind of interesting, but for most women, I know cycles are between like 28 to 31 days. So if we were starting to kind of dig into this a little bit more, would you say that the seasons are about a week long for each season?
1: If you have a menstrual cycle, that's, as you say, around 28 to 31 days, then the short answer is yes. There will be around about a week, but it it can definitely change cycle to cycle, woman to woman. Sometimes you might feel like your winter is a little bit shorter and you move into spring earlier. Other times you might feel like you've got a short summer and a really long autumn. So they can change. But if we were just going to start with the basic framework, then let's say, yes, there's about a week dedicated to each season.
0: Okay, so that's so helpful. So let's say now we're all, all of us women, collectively, hundreds of thousands of women are listening to this and we're all like excited to get our cycle so we can start identifying these seasons. Do you have any tips on like how to kind of start approaching this method?
1: Absolutely first thing again to remember is that day 1 is that first day of full blood flow so some women experience a bit of spotting before their period starts that's not that's not day 1 day 1 is when you have that full flow of blood and from there it's just a matter of counting each day. So that's your day one. The next day will be your day two. The next day will be your day three. And what's really cool is that in the last few years, there's been a huge increase in cycle tracking apps. So if you're somebody who knows that an app's going to work for you, brilliant. Get an app. There's so many. Find one that works for you and just start using it and start tracking and start to pay attention. This Menstrual cycle awareness is really about, it's a mindfulness practice, really. It's about checking in every day. And when I say every day, I really do actually mean that because what I've noticed is that we kind of get cycle amnesia. It's almost Mm -hmm. as if you can't even really remember how you felt last week because we're so in the cycle that I found those who track daily get far. Greater, like deeper insights because you forget. I, right now, for example, I'm on day 11, and so I'm in this spring energy right now. I'm in that transition season. I'm building up to ovulation. I'll ovulate in a few days. So I have this really lovely increase in energy. I'm feeling more confident. I'm feeling more sexual. I'm feeling, you know, like I want to be out in the world. But in two weeks time, I'm going to feel very different. (laughs) But I don't really remember right now exactly how that feels. So it's, you know, it's that daily tracking and it can be as simple as just making a couple of notes in an app. It might simply be one or two words that you write down that just captures how you feel. Something that I often suggest is using the four bodies. So by that, I mean your physical body, what's your energy like, what are you craving, how do you feel physically, what's going on for you mentally, what is, you know, what are the quality of the thoughts that you're having, what's happening for you mentally, emotionally, what are you feeling, what's coming up for you in your heart, and spiritually, how connected do you feel to yourself, how connected do you feel to nature or something greater than you, you know, what does that mean for you. So those four, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, they're going to give you even more depth and information. And then for those who already have a journaling practice, something that I recommend is just adding your cycle day next to the date. So, this is what I do. So, I just add my cycle day next to the date. And this is such a brilliant way to look back and find patterns because this is what you're going to discover is that while there is certainly inconsistency within one cycle, like I said, we change week to week, day to day. However, you will notice over time, over a few cycles, quite quickly, actually, probably, that there are patterns. And so, being able to just flick back and say, for me today, I'm on day 11, I'll look back later today when I'm doing my journaling entry for the day and I'll have a look and see how did I feel on day eleven last cycle, how did I feel a couple of cycles ago. And most of the time I realize, ah, I felt exactly the same as I do today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it really is just about finding a method that works for you. And that's the key point is it has to be realistic. It has to be something that will fit in with your life within the realities of your life. And it does need to be something that you do, you know, most days and make it as simple as you need. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Some people love the apps and others love pen to paper. Mm -hmm. I have a chart on my website, a free chart too. That's a pen to paper, just circular chart that captures one full cycle. And that's another method that... I haven't used in a long time, actually. I prefer my journal now, but a lot of my clients or people in my courses really love that circle chart because you can see the cycle then, and then you can add in every day. So that's a free resource that I have on my website if anybody would like to start to play with the pen to paper method.
0: Amazing. I used an Ava bracelet for years, so after our miscarriages, it took a while to get my cycle back. And I was never really that interested in it or didn't really pay attention to it. I hated my time of the month. And then when I started like plugging it in and seeing data every day, it was so interesting to me, like seeing just even the change in body temp or like physiological changes, like how I was sleeping. Like there were so many things at play that made me look at it in a totally different way. And it was just it was just something to me where I was like, how have I never considered this? And now you are just breaking it down in an even like more fascinating way. It's amazing.
1: Mm, yeah, those bracelets are really cool. I haven't tried one, but I've heard as you've just shared, I've heard some really great feedback on them.
0: Yeah, and for me, it was I think to there was a little bit when you were talking about winter and how it can bring up like past trauma. I got like emotional when you were talking about that because for me when i was when we were trying to get pregnant again peeing on ovulation strips felt emotional to me because you pee on a pregnancy test and mm-hmm. so there was some weird emotion tied up in tracking just ovulation in that method because it felt like either a success or a failure, which is so weird to even sum up in speech. But for me, having that bracelet took that that feeling out of it because it wasn't a success or a failure. It was more of like, here's what's going on inside of you. So I know it's not a method for everyone. But for me, when you were talking about the PTSD of even getting your cycle, that's absolutely so real. But even in just the methods of tracking, I feel like there is a lot of emotion tied to it that people just don't even really talk about, which is so interesting to me.
1: Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you've mentioned that, Janet, because something that I've noticed in clients I've worked with who are trying to conceive is that this menstrual cycle awareness approach of looking at it, just like, I guess taking a zoom out and yes, it is Definitely about conception. It can be if that's what is, you know, your primary intention. But if we also look at it from the creative perspective or from, you know, the relating perspective, or from, you know, just exploring who we are, getting to know your the changes in your personality over the whole cycle and exploring menstrual cycle awareness from that perspective, then the conception part is certainly still there. And this is only going to assist you in in your intention to conceive but it just takes some of the pressure off as well because there's this curiosity like hmm, who am I on day 17 and and what you know what do I really need what self-care strategies would really help me in my autumn phase for example and so what I've noticed again and again is that it just helps to relieve some of that intensity and that pressure by By being able to use menstrual cycle awareness as a tool that you can use to get to know yourself. And as I said earlier, you know, to really be the best version of you in the world, it is about your conception journey, but it also becomes about something else, which I've seen really benefit a lot of women.
0: I love that. I'm curious about this. So we just went to the doctor for like my post-delivery checkup and she asked me what kind of birth control do you want to go on or have you thought about that? Walk me through that because I am—I don't want to go back on birth control. I like the way I feel. I like paying attention to the naturalness of my cycle. So how does birth control impact these phases and seasons of our cycle?
1: So what birth control does is it... Essentially suppresses ovulation. Now that's a pretty broad statement because there are so many different kinds of birth control and they do work in somewhat different ways and it's very complex. But essentially what's happening is that you're taking hormones that will suppress ovulation and it creates almost like I guess a menopausal like state in the body. We've got this very linear, very low levels of both estrogen and progesterone. So those hormones that I was describing earlier, that ebb and flow over a natural menstrual cycle, if you kind of just imagine them just flatlining, that's more similar to the hormonal experience of being on birth control. And ultimately this means you're not having an increase in in estrogen. We're not having an increase in luteinizing hormone, which is what supports ovulation. And so we're not ovulating. And that's how we don't get pregnant when we're on birth control. Control because there's no release of an egg, so ultimately there is there's no possibility to conceive. There's no increase in progesterone, so there's no hormone there to also nurture a potential pregnancy. So basically, what's happening is there's just no real menstrual cycle occurring. If you're not taking those pills, or you're taking the sugar pills, then you'll experience a withdrawal bleed. So you'll still have what can feel like a period. You'll have that release of blood. And once you start taking the hormones again, then you, again, you're just in this sort of flat line for those few weeks. Now, many women tell me that they still feel like they experience the seasons when they're taking hormonal contraception and brilliant. The number one rule with this work is always whatever you feel, is is true (laughs) i you know we're all so different and it's impossible to say exactly how that is going to affect the way we experience the cycle and and i do hear this in workshops quite a lot that Somebody will come up to me at the end and they'll say, look, I'm on hormonal contraception. I know I shouldn't be feeling these seasons, but they really resonate with me and I think excellent. Others tell me that they feel like they might experience one season all of the time. Often that season is autumn. Many women tell me they feel like they're just kind of in this permanent autumn phase and so it's really different for everybody and it's yeah it's difficult to give a a clear answer to that one because it is definitely about charting and and you can still chart while you're taking hormonal contraception absolutely again this is a it's a mindfulness practice it's a way for you to get to know yourself so it's certainly a benefit to chart but you won't likely, it's likely that you won't experience those, those four distinct phases simply because your body isn't ovulating and that really is a, a key factor in experiencing all four of those phases.
0: Okay, so I have a selfish question that is only about myself. <laughs> so I am nursing a baby right now, so I have not got my period back after delivery. So am I going through the seasons or do I dare say that I'm excited <laughs> to get my period back just to start paying attention? To you? What, what yeah, does that so
1: look Yeah, so this like? is cool. So I haven't had a child yet, so I can't speak to this from personal experience. But what I've heard from many clients is that let's take it right back to conception. So it's almost as if trimester one becomes like a winter, like a really
0: long winter phase. And okay. does that resonate yeah. with you? Like, oh my gosh. I Well, I was on extra progesterone because okay. of our fertility issues and my winter was awful and it was very long. And I think when you were describing progesterone mm-hmm. and the effects it has – thinking about being on extra I actually went through like depression in my first trimester which is not normal for me at all and so yes Mm, I very much relate yeah I mean it makes sense as well
1: those first 12 weeks are the more vulnerable point in a pregnancy and it is often about just wanting to like really be with this you know this tiny human that's growing inside of you and just wanting to be you know very protective and more insular and often we don't even tell people that we've conceived in that first those first 12 weeks so that makes sense to me this idea of this winter phase there trimester two often when a lot of women do feel that increase in energy there's like great skin great hair feeling more energetic you know telling people about the pregnancy being more you know engaged with the external world again. That's that spring energy coming through there in trimester two. Summer, that summer energy, maybe some women might transition into that around maybe that crossover from trimester two to trimester three. And that for some women I've heard can feel like that summer energy stays with you right up until birth. They feel you know, really strong, resilient, maybe there's a sexual Peak in energy as well, feeling quite creative. Others tell me they feel like they move into an autumn in the weeks prior to birth. There's this energy of like wanting to really wrap things up and get things finished, which is definitely a quality of the premenstrual week. Is like just wanting to get things finished and wrapped up and tidy stuff up around the house. It's like the one week of the cycle where I'm cleaning my fridge out and sorting out my paperwork (laughs) and like everything's tidy. (laughs) And now here. That is, you know, what a lot of women experience post, sorry, pre-birth, is this feeling of just wanting to get things wrapped up, and so then once you give birth, then there is, from what I hear, an experience of then moving into a deeper autumn or even a winter an- energy in that postpartum energy there is this again that needing to just be with your child and nurture yourself and really again probably staying at home more and and being like the, the protective shield over you and Barb and that can feel like a really extended autumn until you begin to menstruate again For others it can feel more like you're in a, a winter a winter season what would you say what do you feel like you're in right now?
0: Yeah. I mean, the way you're describing all of this, it it makes total sense to me. And I think one thing that's coming to mind as you're walking through this is I feel like I was so fearful after giving birth about like crashing. And I was really afraid of postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and I didn't experience it. And I feel like I was going through those first few days after birth, like just anticipating this crash of hormones. And for me, it never came. However, I know that's not the same for a lot of people, but I think too, because of our journey, because of our walk, I think I was just like, so grateful that like, Oh my gosh, the baby's here. She's healthy. Everything's good. Maybe I was riding that Mm -hmm. high, but yes, I I resonate to all of those different stages and those cycles. And I think right now, as you're describing it, I do feel like I'm in an extended autumn where my margin in life feels very small right now. Mm. So I feel like I'm more about like family first and then work second. And then whatever is left over is where that energy is going. And that's to friendships and things like that, where I feel like I'm in more of like a, a protective season.
1: Yeah, that definitely sounds like autumn energy to me. And, and I think what's a misconception about autumn energy is that, you know, we can't be productive then or creative. And in fact, you know, we can, we can, de- like it can be, Very powerful time. It's often just more discerning, you know, it's not necessarily about having the energy for everyone and everything. We can still direct, you know, this incredible energy towards our family, towards ourselves, towards our creative projects. But yeah, that boundary, the protectiveness that you just mentioned, like that, if you're feeling that energy, that's that's more likely an autumn energy. And that's possible, Jenna, that will take you up until when you begin to menstruate again. And then you'll move back into, into that monthly cycle again but yeah you've moved through already like a greater like that greater cycle has occurred and and now you're in autumn hanging out until yeah until you move back onto the menstrual cycle
0: i cannot believe claire that like you have made me excited <laughs> to get my period again like you what you do i have to affirm you right now because i do not want this to end i can i ask a few more questions this will be the longest episode we've ever aired but i don't want this to end cuz this is incredible what you do can absolutely transform the way that women look at themselves look at their bodies look at their hormones like i just i feel like there's such a stigma around all of this that we should be ashamed that we should you know, hide it. Like I laugh now when I think about like how we hid tampons up our, our coat sleeves. So people wouldn't know we were on our cycle. Like talk to me a little bit about the stigma and how we can do that mindset shift Mm. around removing it. Cause I feel like a lot of this is tied to our mindset and our mindfulness, like you've said.
1: Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, the first thing I do in a workshop with a group of women is we sit down and we talk about our first periods and how we felt about them and what it was like to be a young woman in a body that was changing you know, quite a lot and to start to bleed and what messages did we receive around menstruation, whether that be from our parents, whether that's from friends, the media, you know, how were we conditioned to see ourselves and what language do we use around menstruation do we have you know like code words for mm-hmm. <laughs> for period instead of just saying i have my period right do we not even use any words at all is it just like that time of the month you know we don't even really reference it as you say you know have we hidden tampons up our sleeves or hidden like sanitary towels in trolleys so that nobody like sees them as we make our way around the supermarket. And that isn't, you know, we don't do the, we don't have these conversations to shame at all or to, you know, to be self-critical. It's just about recognizing the stigma that exists and how it's, impacted us and light bulbs just go off around the room. It's like, Oh my God. Yes, I do have this strange conflict within myself. Like I know that this is a very natural and normal and quite miraculous process that's happening in my body every cycle. I mean, literally it's how humanity has survived. I mean, it's it's what has created like humans. For for all of time. And yet, I feel really dirty about this. I feel really shameful about this. I feel weird talking about it with even the closest people in my life, right? So, we talk about how do we talk about periods with our partners? How do we talk about periods with our children? How do we talk about it with our friends? And just start to unravel where some of this might have come from. And sometimes, it's really clear, it was really, for some women it's really clear that there was, you know, a particular conversation that happened when we were 15 years old that has just forever implanted itself in our consciousness and has made us feel, like, dirty or weird about having a period. And for others, and myself included, I grew up in a really body positive, like, I guess, period positive house. My mum was really open about this stuff with me and I still have – you know, I still had a lot of stuff to unravel around menstruation. I was very private. I didn't tell my mom when my period started. I didn't really talk with my friends about it very much. We just didn't really talk about it. And so I think that it's, sometimes it's very clear where that stigma has come from, but other times it's just so deeply ingrained in our culture and in the world that we live in. I mean, even the fact that we just don't see, if you go and buy menstrual products in the supermarket, there are no menstrual products that actually display on the packaging what's inside. There might be an illustration, but there won't be a graphic image. I mean if you buy anything else you can see what's inside it. But you know, you don't see the pad or the tampon. You don't actually see the product that you're buying. We don't have in schools or in workplaces often free menstrual products or the ability to, to purchase those in bathrooms we have condoms we have perfume we have you know a million other things deodorant lip gloss but we don't have menstrual products we don't even really have that many menstrual product options if you think about it right like in the last 100 years we have seen technology just explode our world and innovation is you know across all industries but I think there's probably about four, maybe five, if you stretch it, menstrual product it's options available. <laughs> it's hidden. It's really hidden. It's it's a very hidden part of our lives, and it's weird when you think about it like that. Because fifty percent of the world, at some point in their life, will menstruate.
0: Mm-hmm. It's mm. insane it's insane. This is like blowing my mind. I feel like I need to, like, after we talk, I feel like I need to unpack, like, like you said, the different stigmas we've created in our own lives or the different beliefs we've made around this and just keep asking myself why, 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 why to get to the bottom of it? Because I think it is very complex and it, it can go back to our first experiences or what we've been told or what the media tells us or what, you know, what kind of shame we felt around it or, or the anticipation or the failure, the hope, like, There's, it's just so deeply ingrained within us. It's kind of crazy.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. It is. And once you start to, (laughs) once you start to unravel it, like I said earlier, this is, there's gold, you know, there's so much gold here. It is intricately connected to some really deep parts of, of who we are. And as I said, certainly, you know, trauma and a great deal of healing can occur when, We'd start to do some of this unraveling and start to just gently, like there's no rush, just gently look back and have a think about what was going on for you when you began to bleed. You know, who were you then? What kinds of things were you drawn to? This is something my mentor Alexandra talks about is this power awakening within you when you begin to menstruate. And we're not taught that in our western culture you know a lot of indigenous cultures will will it's like this moment of initiation into womanhood so what you know who were you at that time as your body began to bleed what kind of woman were you becoming what interests did you have what creative projects were you drawn to what hobbies did you have like start to just go back and i, I guess it's similar to a lot of inner child work that happens in psychotherapy but just having a moment with that part of yourself just going back and spending some time with 14 year old you and it's such a vulnerable time in in our lives as as our hormones are changing and and we're starting to bleed and we're trying to figure out who we are in the world and that has definitely been a very healing process for me to do to just have you know share some kindness with 14 year old Claire who yeah really struggled at that time
0: Oh gosh, I'm like flashing back. I was a really big gymnast growing up. And so I didn't get my period until I was 16 because I was so I was so athletic. But to me, <laughs> I anticipated it because everyone else had gotten it, so I felt like less of a woman because I hadn't gotten it, but I also dreaded it because then I knew as soon as I started to grow and I got boobs and things, I wouldn't be as good of a gymnast. And so Man, I'm, I got a lot of unpacking to do after this episode ends. <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, I have one final question before I let you go. Thank you for your extra time because this is like, oh, this is just so good. So there's a ton of new information. Like this is a lot of new info for many of us. So give us three key things that we should know about working with our cycles if this is brand new.
1: Mm, Yes. Okay. So remember, if you have a natural menstrual cycle on any day, you will be somewhere on that cycle. So you're going to be in one of those four seasons or possibly in a crossover phase. So somewhere on that menstrual cycle, you're going to, to be right. And you can start to chart right away. That is, you know, something you can start to do right away. All you need to do is look back and see where was your day one? When was your last period? That first day of full blood flow, check in the calendar, count forward. That's where you are today. So that's my first tip is really you will always be somewhere and you will always be changing. So where you are right now in a week's time, you're probably going to feel different. If you look back a week before today, probably felt different to how you feel today. And it can be really subtle for some people or it can be super profound as well. We're all you know, different in the way that we show up and the way that our hormones affect us. And the second thing I will mention is, again, like that daily checking in, just checking in every day, finding a, a system that works for you and just checking in every day to see where you are and to get to to know where your natural home in the cycle is like where do you feel most like yourself it's completely normal to have some seasons where you feel the most like yourself and where your strengths are where your superpowers are and then there'll be other seasons where you probably feel a little bit more vulnerable and that's completely normal and they can change as well but the only way you'll get to know you know where your superpowers where your strengths are and also the points where you probably need to take more care with yourself and be more tender and gentle and set those boundaries and really activate your self-care strategies is by those daily checking in. So just getting to know where your seasons are through daily check-ins. And then I think the third thing I would say is that Remember that, you know, your cycle doesn't have to be a burden and this is what we've been taught and actually, you know, it can be a gift. It really can be the missing key for you. So, if you're somebody who has, you know, all the personal development tools in the world and all of the wellbeing strategies and plans and you've got all of this information but finding it hard to integrate because you change and a lot of what we're taught is, I mean, the, the truth is that a lot of research, you know, scientific research historically has been on men. And a lot of the strategies that we hear in the personal development world are often very muscular, very linear. And so, it's okay if, some of the, if there's been some inconsistency for you. But this cyclic framework can really be the missing key in your well-being, in your creativity, in your productivity, in your relationships. And That self-authority piece, you know, you get to know who you are on every single day of your cycle and how you change. And you can use that information to be, you know, be the person in your life that makes the best decisions for who you are. Really claim that self-authority. That's what this cycle work can give you.
0: Oh, my gosh. Where can everybody learn more about you? I want to ingest everything you've ever created in your entire existence How can we find you online? What does that look like for us?
1: My website is thisislifeblood.com and... On Instagram, I am hanging out at underscore Claire Baker underscore. Instagram is definitely my favorite social playground. I share lots of daily self-care cycle tips on there. I've also got a template, like a check-in template. If this is new for you, you can find a daily check-in template on my Instagram. But over on my website, you'll find that pre-cycle chart that I mentioned. You can learn more about any of the online courses that I teach or coaching with me. And if you are somebody who hangs out on Facebook, I am there, sort of, occasionally. I have a group for my Adore Your Cycles. So if you purchase my Adore Your Cycle ebook, I've got a Facebook group that's really active, that is a great way to share, meet other women on a similar journey, and my Facebook page is facebook.com slash
0: Thank you so much for staying on the line, for answering every question and for sharing your heart. I don't know. I, I hate to say this, but I have to. This is one of my favorite episodes ever, ever.
1: <laughs> oh, Jenna, I'm so thrilled. Yeah, I've loved this chat. You've asked some brilliant questions and I love the enthusiasm and the honesty that you've brought to this conversation because, it's this storytelling that makes such a difference in helping to remove that shame and to have these light bulb moments. And I've loved everything you've shared about your journey with your cycle. So thank you so much for having me on your podcast.
0: Oh my gosh, you guys, this was one of my favorite interviews ever. And I've already taken up a lot of your day today, but I hope that you agree with me. I just couldn't stop this conversation. It was one that was so necessary and made me dig even deeper into my own body and my thoughts about menstruation and everything. I mean, dare I say I'm actually excited to get my period again? Clara was an amazing guest. Not only did she explain things in a way that we can all understand, but she gave me hope that I can start to feel... At friends with my body, like my cycle isn't the enemy and that I can understand the different seasons of my cycle. Gosh, I want to know what you guys are thinking. Is your mind blown? Did you love this episode as much as I did? Please jump on over to Instagram at Gold Digger Podcast. Thank Claire for her amazing contribution to this show. And let me know what you think. I swear my mind is blown. I have to log off now so that I can start digging a little bit deeper into my thoughts on all of this. I can't wait to start tracking. I hope you're with me. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you for hitting play on another episode of the podcast today. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.